You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. But I do want to move on to one of the burning questions uh, heading into this season, uh, which is uh, what will happen with Super Sub Emmanuel Quickly? So IQ is in the final year of his contract and is up for an extension. Talk has been mum on any progress regarding a contract extension. But according to the Athletics' Fred Katz, there is hope that a deal will be reached. Katz did an article uh, today where he talked about the several interesting questions heading into this next season, and one of them being the Emmanuel Quickly contract situation. And this is what Katz says about it. Quote, based on conversations I've had with people in the know, there's optimism that a deal can get done. There's a 24-year-old who is already one of the team's best players. He's coming off his best season ever. Chances are Quickly will continue to improve even if, uh, he would have stagnate. He'd still be among the league's best bench weapons. Uh, later, you know, at other parts in the article, he mentioned how uh, there there even questions around the Knicks as to what the hell happened to Emmanuel quickly during the playoffs. A guy who was, as he mentioned, a, a an absolute you know force coming off the bench. It, it just he just could not get it going at any point. He was not good in the Cleveland series, not good in the Miami series. And then he got hurt, and then he was essentially done for the playoffs. Net. Uh, Tom Tibble actually lost confidence in Emmanuel quickly during this playoff run. So regardless of that stuff happening, there's still hope that the Knicks will get a deal done with Emmanuel quickly. I want to ask you this, because I don't know if we really talked much about this aspect of the quickly deal. Do you think a deal has to get done before the season for Emmanuel quickly? Uh, I mean, te- technically, no, I'll, I'll kind of cop out and give a technically no answer because okay. he's still going to be restricted at the end of the season. Um, and if you want to, again, that's the, the purpose of the restricted rights. That's kind of the next leverage yeah. in, in negotiations is, listen, we love you. Um, this is not the reflection of you or how we feel about you. You know, that, that whole thing. Um, we want you here desperately, um, but your agent's not really working with us. So, you know, we're going to keep you, you know, we're just going to push, kick the can down the road. Um, yeah. Next summer, you know, we'll have a little bit more flexibility with free agency. We can sign some free agents and then ink you to an extension. Um, which can, you know, we can get creative with the salary cap. You know, we have, we have that, that's, you know, the front office is, is keen on that. Um, so, you know, that, that's why I will say all hope is not lost for um, Nick fans that desperately want to keep uh, IQ in New York. Um, that being said, I think at the end of the day, this deal gets done um, this, this summer, I think prior to the start of, uh, you know, in the next okay. month or so, um, we're recording on Monday afternoon. Um, uh, the uh, season opener is one month from today, October 25th. So, um, you know, I think uh, uh, quickly has until October 24th at, you know, midnight or noon or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. The, I think I believe yeah. the extended deadline is the day before the start of the, their season or it's the start of the regular season. And there's a there's two games that are played on the uh, 24th. So maybe it's the 23rd. Um, either way, the the reason I, I think there's and I think. Most we've kind of assumed that there is reason for optimism because the sides aren't too far, can't be too far apart. I shouldn't say definitely aren't. Yeah. Uh, the only way they'd be too far apart is if quickly says, I'm not signing an extension. I think I'm a max player. Um, right. I think I'm going to average, you know, I, I saw what Jalen Brunson did. You know, you, you talked about it before. Um, mm-hmm. if I'm not, don't have a roadblock in front of me. I feel I can, can be one of the 10 best, 15 best starting point guards in the NBA. That, that, it, that translates to a salary of $28 million a year, $30 million a right. year. So I want a four year, $120 million contract. Um, 
if that's the case, then then that's the case. Then the Knicks' hands are kind of tied in some respect because I think you have to draw a line in the sand somewhere. I, I Again, as we've discussed, I think the Knicks will probably initially offer somewhere. Like, I thought the R.J. Barrett, I thought there could be a wide gap between what yes, the Knicks will do offer and what, you know, and, and, and R.J. saying well, I R.J. was signed for, yeah. I thought that like that could that was a reasonable you know outcome a reasonable possibility they just couldn't come to terms again with quickly um, does he think he could probably get more money if he you know if, if he was a starter somewhere else uh, probably is he going to be a yeah. starter in New York probably not um, that being said he seems to embrace his role off the bench it's going to be opportunities for him to start games because of his versatility N- they can start him at the two they can start him at the one um, he's going to get plenty of playing time no matter where he is. Um, and, and from a Knicks perspective, you having players like this that are really, uh, impactful on both ends of the floor, the Knicks have trouble shooting three pointers. They, you know, they have trouble stretching the floor, Yeah, their best three point shooters. Um, he's the best point of attack defender. Um, you know, so you have a, your, your ability to put him and Hart and Robinson on the floor at the same time. That's like three levels of defense that are very important for Tibbs. Um, the plus minus numbers speak volumes. Um, he has one of the best plus minus numbers in the league um, among all players, let alone bench players since the start of the prior season. So for the last two years. Um, so all that being said, I think the Knicks initially proposed like a four year, $80 million contract, um, you know, quickly counters with a four year, 110, you know, and they meet somewhere in the 90, 95 range. I think that's kind of where it gets ironed out. Yeah. Um, maybe, the, maybe the Knicks, you know, dig their toes in and say, listen, we can't pay a dime over 85 and quickly says, yeah. I'm not selling anything less than 95 or hundred, whatever the case is. Um, it's feasible. It's, it's certainly a possibility, but both sides are taking risks there. Um, quickly in that, let's say, not only, you know, could he play poorly, you know, this upcoming season, we know that injuries, nothing's guaranteed. Um, there's all that stuff to get factored in. And then on the Knicks side, does he, re- if he does break out um, or continues to play well, all it takes is one team with cap space next summer yeah. to make an extraordinary offer that needs a starting point guard. Um, and then you have to match and you have to pay the equivalent of a start two starting point guards. Um, and, and that's something that the, the Knicks will be hesitant to do. So I think both sides are motivated to get something done. Um, and I, I expect, uh, you know, gun to my head, I'd say there's probably like a 75% chance somewhere along those lines that, that, that a deal gets done. Yeah. I think with quickly it's, it's interesting because as you mentioned with RJ Barrett and several other players, and we talked about it on the pod before, like, you know, we kind of make the jokes about, oh, this Knicks thing being like a family, whether it's the, uh, right. you know, the F- Fast and Furious family or the, you know, mafia type family. But like the fact that Leon takes care of all his people. And like that is essentially has, has been the case. Like even with R.J. Barrett, which, again, you thought maybe would be the most contentious negotiation. It seemed to be very little contention at all when it came to that. Uh, I think with Mitchell Robinson, where even though it wasn't a uh, extension, they weren't able to extend him. He goes free agency signs in the next in the first like 20 minutes of free agency. He's back with the Knicks. Like it, whatever like the situation comes when it comes to protecting their own or keeping their own. Uh Julius Randle, his first contract extension. Knicks seem to be able to just get these deals done. They're relatively team friendly, and then they just move on. For all the things you mentioned, or which are things that I mentioned on the show, it feels like quickly could be the one that would you would think maybe be the most wiggle room and worth most kind of like dicey situation where if hey if Emmanuel really looks at where his where he's at in his career and says like I'm not gonna start with the Knicks as long as Jalen Brunson's here and if 
I don't start here, then that caps how much money I can make in my career here. Like just backup starting point, the backup point guards don't make $150 million a year. Just they don't exist. So am I happy with that? Do I think I can do more when you consider how well he played as a starter? I would maybe think he's had to have at least thought about the idea of maybe wanting to be a starting point guard somewhere. And we and we've seen in the NBA before, it's not just about money all the time. It's not just about being winning right. and in the right situation. Right. But Jeremy Grant left the Pistons, you know, went yeah. to the Pistons just to be the man, you know, basically exactly. equivalent money. Um, but, you know, listen, that's a player's prerogative. And, and it quickly doesn't seem like that type of player or that type of guy, right. but um, it's his prerogative. It's his choice. We'll see. Yeah, so if he decides to make that choice, that's where maybe we're just actually where maybe he does ask for a certain number and, and the Knicks have to then start to really get concerned about do we give him this number or do we just risk it in restricted free agency, hope that no one else gives it to him. So, like, I, I think for the Knicks, here's the reason why I think they have they really do have to sign him before this season. And it goes back to Dolan, quite frankly, because it, it feels like when – Dolan and the Knicks have had issues with guys and giving out contracts and trying to resign them. And if there is an extension situation where they can't get it done or negotiating things is going to go one way and it goes left. I mean, Dolan's been, he's jumped in and said, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And we saw that primarily with Jeremy Lin, where you had a contract that they thought was going to be a certain thing, became something else. And Dolan's like, it's not worth it to, to bring this guy back based on not getting him the number we thought we were going to be getting him at. I would wonder if IQ really does play hardball with the Knicks and decide, you know, I'm going to take this to restricted free agency. And then there is a restricted free agency offer that is exorbitant. I don't know if Dolan would sign off on IQ getting $110 million or $105 million. Like I, I don't, I, that would be the, maybe the line where Dolan steps in only because we know how James can be. We know he can be um, a very tough, sometimes, sometimes a little vengeful businessman. And that would concern me a little bit. I think if they could just get the deal done, not to worry about restricted free agency, not to worry about other teams getting involved in negotiations, they could just keep it to IQ and the Knicks. I think everything goes fine. If it becomes a thing where it gets to free agency, restricted free agency and he's talking to other teams and Dolan then talks to kind of peek and see what's going on, that would then concern me a little bit about uh, IQ and whether or not he's able to remain in Knicks. Yeah, listen, there are a couple different ways where, where things can go sideways here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how IQ handles it kind of, you know, on media day or content day, as the Knicks call yeah. it next week. Um, to see, you know, that's, what they call, that's what they're calling it, content? I didn't even realize that. They, yeah, that in the last couple of years, they they, 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 oh they mentioned God. that, which is ridiculous. Um, I, I assume they'll do it this year. Maybe they won't. Um, actually, the uh, Greg Schwartz, who was the head of VP, I just sent Knicks an email the other day, and I got it out of office. Um, no longer with the company. So they're going to have a new uh, PR person kind of handling the day-to-day -day stuff for the Knicks. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if they've, if they've um, made it public who they've hired, but it'll be interesting right. to see. Um, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I you assume IQ will say the right thing and play the company yeah. line and next question it. Um, but, you know, maybe he comes out and says, listen, I, I think I deserve this. I think I'm worthy of this. Maybe that causes a little bit of drama. Um, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But again, um, the, the one card the kind of Knicks have up their sleeve is listen, if you know, we, we you know, this is not the last year that you know, we basically control, um, right with, with the players. So that's, that's something that the Knicks fans should at least feel confident. Yeah, the Emmanuel quickly uh, extension will remain a storyline until it eventually gets done or something else happens. I hope yep. nothing else happens. I want a man quickly to remain a Knicks, but the position he plays, 
positioning he has on his team. I think this makes this a little different than the other players that Knicks have had to re-sign and bring it back to full with this random all day with the Robinson. So it'll be uh, definitely interesting to continue to follow. 